Welcome to the Purpose City Church Podcast, where we're dedicated to guiding you on a journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're thrilled to have you here, and regardless of where you're tuning in from, we have faith that this message will be a direct source of inspiration in your life. For three weeks, we have been talking about royalty checks. We are in a new series, and y'all, has our pastor been doing an amazing job? Like, like I know, I know some of this stuff, but I'm like, I'm sitting here eating with y'all, okay? Don't think that this comes easy to us. We have to still study, apply ourselves, right, in this area. So much so that I'm like, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? And this is what he wants me to tell you all today. We're coming out of Ecclesiastes 11. And one through six, the NLT version. Right. <laughs> Pastor. Y'all know why we have to do the NLT version, right? Uh, I will keep the KJV on y'all. But it's a common thing that in church, NLT does help people understand more, so I understand it. But hey, don't be surprised if I throw one in here now, KJV. All right. Ecclesiastes 11 and 1. Send your grain across the seas, and in time, profits will flow back to you. But divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risk might lie ahead. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in his mother's womb. So you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. For you do not know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Today's message is titled, Wealth Looks Good on You. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we can come and hear what you have to say about the wealth that you have entrusted us with and the wealth that you actually want to place in our hands. Father, I pray, God, that you speak through me. I pray, Father God, that they will receive your word, not Ty's words, not Ty's emotions, not her thoughts, but your heart concerning the matter. I pray, Father, that lives will be changed and even souls will be saved for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, amen. Wealth looks good on you. I want everybody to point to, point to yourself. Wealth looks good on me. Wealth looks good on, oh, oh see, oh, y'all don't want wealth. Oh, okay. I, wealth looks good on me. Wealth looks good on me, amen. Did you know that God gives you the power to gain wealth? Did you know that? I know sometimes some of us were raised at church. It was like, oh, we don't talk about money. Oh, no. Wait, the Lord gives us the power to gain wealth. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power. That's the KJV, y'all. All right. I looked at the other version, but I said, the KJV, we're going to feel that one today. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get well, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. So if that's his word, that he is the one that gives us power, to gain wealth. Do you want to be wealthy? 
Screaming, yes, yes, there's nothing wrong with that. Why do you want to be wealthy? Go ahead, and y'all can talk back. Make a difference in the earth, I love that. What's that? Be generous, love it. Leave a legacy, love it. Generational wealth, love it. All of those things. Pay your bills, absolutely. Amen. And it's okay to say, not struggle, right? All of the above. For the McNeely household, our last name is McNeely. Um, all of those that you mentioned, that's actually the reason why we desired to be wealthy. It's not for our own self-gain, but we want to leave an inheritance to our children's children, right? We don't want to struggle, but we want to give. We want to do for God's glory. Amen. So I want to encourage you to take some time, pray about it, and actually ask the Lord, why do I want to be wealthy? I want you to journal it, James. Thank you for that. He did that for 21 days. It was so good, y'all. Woo. Journal it. Write down the reasons why you want to be wealthy. It's important that you put it on paper because the Lord wants to get it to his children. So we, today, we are going, <clears throat> today we are going to uncover four keys to unlocking godly wealth. So if you want to have the plan, here's the plan. So we're going to break down each one of those verses um, in Ecclesiastes, okay? So let's go back to Ecclesiastes 11 and 1, the NLT version. Send your grain across the seas, and in time, profits, P-R-O-F-I-T-S, will flow back to you. Key number one, give generously. Give generously. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Give freely and become more wealthy. Y'all see that? Be stingy and lose everything. So you want to know how to be more wealthy than you are? Give. Give. I got a question for you. When was the last time that you gave generously? That word generously. When was the last time, think about it, that you gave generously? To be generous means showing a readiness to give more of something, such as money or time, than is strictly necessary or expected. Be ready for opportunities. Underline it, be ready. To be a blessing to others, you have to be intentional about giving. So many of you have a heart's desire to give, but you're not intentional. So what does that look like? So in our household, we actually set up a separate bank account. We're going to talk about the practical, y'all, and the spiritual today. We actually set up a separate bank account called giving. And we're intentional that every time money hits our account, a certain dollar amount or percentage goes to this account. Why do we do that? So we can seize opportunities. So many of you can't seize the opportunities because you're not planning for them. They're here. They're all around us, right? They're in our churches. They're in our neighborhoods. They're amongst our family, our friends. So I want you to be ready, okay? Another thing, start at home. So many of us are looking for opportunities to give outside of our home, which is okay. Nothing's wrong with that. We should be giving outside of our home. But let me tell you something. If I'm giving, giving, giving outside of my home and my family has a need that, I, that God has trusted me with to help provide and I ignore that, the Bible says I'm worse, worse than an unbeliever, right? Okay, y'all gonna read it. First Timothy 5 and 8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, in the CSB version, 
and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's deep, okay? Now, Paul was speaking of, in this particular verse, taking care of widows, but he was also instructing families to take care of their own widows as well, the church to take care of widows as well as families, right? You could put widows there. We should be taking care of our widows, right? Amen. But we should be giving generously to others in need, but also even in our own homes. Does this mean giving to people that take advantage of you? No. But this means that if a need arises, we should be able to hey, put in a phone call. Hey, McNeely's, what y'all got? Okay, I got this on it. What you got, White? Oh, I got this on it. We actually do this in our household, personally. My sister can attest to this with our family. Oh, I'll put this much on it. Oh, I'll put this much on it. Oh, I'll do this. Are you able to do that? Think about it. So that's why you have to be intentional with your giving. Set up an account, okay? You can also give up your time and resources. I hear people say that. If I don't have it right now to give, can I give up my time? Let me tell you, we should all be giving of our time, no matter what. And guess what, y'all? We got opportunities here in God's house for you to give of your time, for you to give of your time and your resources. There's so many gifts and talents that God has entrusted us with that we should be filling God's house with those things, okay? Yes, it's okay to provide it for the world, but if you're sitting on those gifts and God's house has need of, give. That's giving generously, right? It's not of our own desire. Well, I don't like doing kids. I don't like being with children. Okay. Do you like uh, saying hello to people? Do you like greeting people? Right? We need help there. Do you like uh, uh, being in the parking lot, instructing and directing cars and vehicles? We need help there, right? We actually sent out a couple of emails this week. If y'all are not signed up on our email list, please sign up. We are in need of a children's director. Amen. So if the Lord touches your heart here, please, please step out that front door um, after service and leave your information. Uh, we need buildings and grounds help. There's so much that we need. All right. So you can give generously of your time and your resources. Also the youth. We need help in the youth area as well. I remember that when the pandemic first hit, the world was panicking. Oh my gosh, what do we do? We've never done this. The whole world is shut down. And my husband and I, we went into a meeting with just he and I were like, what can we do to give back to others right now? What can we do? So we started calling on friends from all over the world. Hey, can y'all come together? We're going to create a 19-day stay-home university is what we called it. A 19-day free resource to the whole world. Whoever want to sign up, it's free. You remember that? It's free. Can you give up your time? Y'all, we had pastors, well-known pastors that you know, well-known authors, people that say, yes, I want to give of my time in that way. We were able to have topics over faith, over money, um, over building business, so many different things, right? So look for the opportunities because guess what? They're coming this year. We're going to have them this year. That's a guarantee. And I want you all to be ready, okay, when the opportunities arise. Amen. So key number one is what? To unlock godly wealth is what? Give generously. All right, so we're about to get to the second one. Ecclesiastes 11 and 2. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what disaster may happen on earth. All right, y'all ready for uh, key number two? Diversify your income. Diversify your income. 
Diversify your income, all right? This is how you're gonna do it. They're gonna put up on the screen seven streams of income of millionaires. This is according to the IRS, right? So this is not Ty and Talit's uh, seven streams that we made up. This is according to the IRS, according to the IRS. So y'all, when the Lord was giving me this and I'm, I'm typing it up and I'm like, okay, God, I know the world usually copies more than likely your word. And your word said, give a portion of seven or even eight. I'm like, how did they know that? So I dug a little deeper. I dug a little deeper. I dug a whole lot deeper, y'all. Do y'all want to know who holds the most global wealth in the world? Christians. Y'all, I want to scream. That should make you want to scream. That should make you want to shout. Christians. So my husband was asleep, y'all, because he's been coming out here driving a whole hour for 21 days. And he went to bed early, like 6.30. And when I saw that, I literally was like, I wanted to scream so bad in the house. Like, my God, Lord, your word says in Deuteronomy 28 and 13, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Amen. He will move you upward and never downward. If you listen to the Lord, your God's commands, I'm giving you today and are careful to follow them. Lord, your Christians, your children hold the most global wealth in the world. That's 56%, y'all. That should make you happy. That should make you happy. That should make you happy. Exodus 19 and 5 says, Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people. For all the earth is mine. Y'all, it's all his. It's all his. It's all his. And guess what? We are heirs to the Father. Okay? So if our Father owns it all, his children should own it all. Amen? We should own it all. Romans 8 and 17, and if we are his children, then we are his heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also share in his glory. I want y'all to walk in confidence knowing that you're an heir of God. So many of y'all are timid. You're like, ah, you are a child of the king of kings. He wants you to have it all, right? So I'm going to tell him myself. All right, this is my opportunity. So some of y'all have heard this story before. Some of y'all have not. Uh, about a year ago, my husband shared a story of, but I get to tell my version. All right? Because he was truthful, but he wasn't in my head also to, to know what I was thinking. Uh, but one particular birthday, y'all, my birthday is February 24th with my twin. It's coming up. Uh, but one particular birthday, this was last year, as a matter of fact, I said, y'all, I want to treat myself. I love handbags, if you don't know it. I love purses. Uh, and I'm like, I want to get a Gucci purse. I want to go to the Gucci store. All right? So I walked in there. I found the one that I wanted. I'm like, okay, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to buy it. So they're like, okay, walk around. We'll wrap it up, have it all ready for you. Come back in a few minutes. Okay. So my husband and I and my, kid, my children, we walk back in the store. I'm waiting. And Pastor Talis says, do they have backpacks? Y'all, he loves backpacks. I said, oh, yeah, it's over there in the right corner. Go over there and see what you like right? See what you like. 
So I see him over there, and he's just looking at the backpacks. I see all the workers. They're not asking if he needs help. Clearly, he's looking. Clearly, he doesn't know, you know, he can't go behind the desk to pull it out. And so he came to me and said, take your time. The kids and I were going to walk out. And I said, wait, you, you didn't see anything? Now, now, y'all, Pastor Tyler never goes into a store and not sees anything. Okay. Matter of fact, we got like a little disagreement. I said, every time I give you a list to go to the grocery store or something, why you always got to come back with something else that I did not put on the list? Every single time. Okay. And so he never goes into a store. He'd be like, you like this? I'm like, yeah, I like it. Go ahead and get it if you want it. Okay. So I'm like, wait, he's leaving? He's like, Ty, nobody approached me. Y'all, something in me rose up. I was like, wait a minute. Y'all know how much money I just bought with this purse? And y'all not going to ask my husband if he need help? He said, Ty, don't say anything. <laughs> so in my head, I'm literally thinking, whoo, is he going to be mad if I say something? But it's in me. I'm like, he can buy all this up in here. He can buy all this up in here. He can buy all this up in here. And he walked out. And I was like, oh, I said something. Oh, but y'all know what I was really thinking? I'm going to tell y'all a little secret. Y'all can use this because we're brothers and sisters of Christ. All right? Because my father owns it all. I wasn't speaking of my own might. Okay? When I said he can buy all this. I was speaking of what my father can do, right? Because he owns all of this. Y'all, sometimes, did y'all ever think something that you want to say? Sometimes when, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people underestimate others, what others can do. I worked in the financial industry for years, and there would be people that would come into the financial uh, bank and look very unassuming. Like one lady got up, had uh, bad hair and everything, and I approached her, hey, how are you? Y'all, she ended up bringing me a check for 500000 Everybody was like, I said, because y'all walking over those that you think don't have it. Right? So I'm in this store, and, and I'm thinking, when I said, he can, he can buy all this stuff in here. I really, want to tell, tell, I really wanted to tell the clerks this, y'all. And I have said it before. Don't, don't stone me. You know that house you live in here, ma'am? My father owned that. And the land that the house is on, he owned that too. And if you look out your window and got a hill with some cattle on it, that's his too. Amen. And they look at you like, wait, what is she? Wait, she was speaking with confidence there. Like she really know. Let me go pull up my deed to my house. Like who really owned my house? But that's the confidence you got to walk in. Right? That's the confidence you got to walk in knowing my father owns it all. And because he owns it all, I own it all. I own it all too. Amen. Now, y'all, I don't say it all like that, but I'll be thinking it. I ain't going to lie. I'll be thinking it. I'll be thinking it. I do. And our son, you all met our son, Emmanuel. Y'all love that boy. He's our oldest. None of our children are spoiled by any means, by any means. But this boy started doing something recently that caused me to respond only because he was walking in faith, but he was speaking with so much truth, Right? So our children don't really get a lot of stuff throughout the year. We're not like those parents that is like always buying this and all of that. You're going to get you what you need. But Christmas, write a list. Tell me what you want. And so he's like, Mom, I want this gaming system. I'm like, but son, you already got a gaming system that we bought you last year. He literally did, uh, uh, put his hand on my shoulder and said, Mom, you and Daddy are rich. Oh, 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 okay. 
and y'all walked out, walked out. And he didn't say it disrespectful, but he said it with confidence, like, Mom, I know I already got one, but y'all can buy it. You got to walk with that type of confidence, y'all, right? If your mom and daddy got it, I got it. I can have it, right? And y'all, he got it for Christmas. He got exactly what he wanted for Christmas. Amen? So I want y'all to remember that. So we're going to break down the seven streams of income of millionaires. Take notes. This is how you should be diversifying your money. All right? The easiest step for most right now is earned income. That's the money that you receive from employment. If you own your own business, then you're self-employed. You can pay yourself from your business. Same thing, okay? So earned income, earned income. The second one, which is my favorite, y'all, is business income. Every, every person I believe should have a business. I really do. If 2020 didn't teach us that, when stores and different employments and people had to get laid off, unfortunately, um, it was those that actually had their own business, businesses, uh, a lot of them were able to survive. Business income is income earned by your business selling goods or services at a profit, whether at retail or wholesale level, as distributors or manufacturers. So don't despise or minimize what's in your hand. We all have gifts and talents. There's a beautiful couple here that my husband and I was able to speak with, and um, I was speaking with the wife, and uh, she said something to me that it leaped, something leaped inside of me. She said, oh yeah, I was in this profession. Um, it's like a consulting profession for healthcare for so many years, and then I decided to work for myself, um, but I went back to the company that I worked for, and I consulted them, okay? And she said, basically what she did was, she made it to where they will always need her. Come on, they will always need her. So she doesn't work for them, but she works for them with her business, right? So you gotta think about that. Find opportunities, find ways that you can take your gifts and talents that God has entrusted you with, and then go back and get rehired all over again, but with your company. Okay, send them an invoice, right? And when she said that, I was like, something in me was like, yes, 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 yes. So a lot of you, it's already in your hands. Some of, some of y'all are good at baking, cooking. Some of y'all are good with sewing. Some of y'all can be personal stylists. Personal stylists. All right, I'm not gonna call no names, right? But some of you can also teach what you know. One day when I was in prayer, the Lord uh, began to show me and speak to me at the same time. So I had a vision and I could see where there was red tape that was cut. He said, Ty, the online space cuts the red tape. They can, they, online, they can't tell me I don't belong there. They can't tell me uh, my hair is too locked. They can't tell me uh, I'm too chocolate, whatever the case may be, I can get there. I can set up shop there, right? There's a people there that I can actually serve online. So I encourage you all, some of y'all are like, yeah, I want to do this and that, but it's going to cost a lot of money. Find ways to take what you know, put it online, and you can even do it nowadays for free. When we started our company, 
10 years ago, Tal and I had a conversation. We like, all we could, literally no exaggeration, apply towards our business was $600. And we said, we're going to plant this seed of $600 into our business, and the rest had to be figured out through the business. So, which means that we got to get to work. We're going to have to make the money. And y'all, we did that. All we did was plant the seed of 600. The first year, I was so excited. Oh, I was so excited. Y'all know why? Y'all know how much money we made the first year? $6,000. That may not excite you, but that excited me. You know why? That meant that somebody believed in what we were doing. That meant that somebody said, you know, I'll give you my money. So I knew that if we can make $6,000 one year, we'll make a million the next. Right? Right? And so come up with a seed. You don't have to spend a lot of money to create a seed and to plant into your business. Just start. Just start. Okay? Just start. Psalm 90 and 17. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Y'all, it's him that's going to make it successful. So I want to encourage you that when you start your business, don't be ashamed to represent your faith in your business. Please don't. I don't care if you got to put John 3.16 in your signature, on your email, on your about us page. Do not keep silence of the goodness of the Lord. I had a conversation a couple of years ago uh, with a woman that was very successful. I mean, she was in our, our, our field. I mean, she was going on all the morning shows and she's, she's talking to us in breakfast and she's like, yeah, I see, it's so beautiful. I see you all share your faith and everything online. You know, I'm a Christian, but I can't do that. If I do that, the morning shows are not gonna call. The, author, the, the, the book, the publisher companies, they're not gonna call. And I looked at her. Well, then it's not for you. If I have to hide the fact that I belong to the Most High, I don't want it. I don't want it. Because what does this scripture say? He is the one. He shows his approval and make our efforts successful. Not me. Not me. He does it. Ty doesn't do it. So I encourage you, put the Lord in your business. I can't tell you the amount of souls that have been saved, y'all, simply because we talked about money. We receive emails regularly, regularly. The one email that I love the most, someone said that we went live. Um, we used social media and went live at just the right moment when, this, when they were gonna take their life. But they saw that Ty and Tyler went live and they heard something in that live that gave them hope. And that hope was Jesus Christ. So what you're doing is literally saving lives. Okay? You're not just giving out a cupcake. It's saving lives. All right? It's saving lives. The next one, the seven streams of income, uh, the seven streams uh, that millionaires have, and again, this is according to the IRS. You know why? Because they do our taxes. They get our tax returns. Is rental income. This is the money that you get as a result of renting out an asset that you have, like a house or building. But did you know that you can rent out things? You can rent out furniture. There's a successful mid-century, y'all love mid-century modern furniture. Uh, my mother uh, actually got us started in that. And it's just, y'all, they don't make furniture the same way they used to, right? 
And so if you come in our house, we got this beautiful, it's beautiful to me. Uh, but there's a company here in Chicago that rents out, they have this huge warehouse of mid-century furniture that they rent out to all the movie sets all over the world. That's rental income. And it's a business. I have a cousin that has a unique chair that she rents out for people to uh, buy a rent to take photos in. So, okay, maybe you can't buy a house, right, to get rent, but maybe you can rent out something, right, a product. During the pandemic, we have some friends that live in Atlanta, um, and they were telling us that right before the pandemic hit, they bought a peer space, like they bought a loft, a loft, and then the world shut down. They're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We just put all this money into decorating it. You all, because the world was shut down, again, they had an opportunity that they seized the moment. People were looking for places to rent because other organizations were shut down. So they made more money that year than they did the previous year, and they were able to take the money, guess what, buy another peer space, right? God's people, y'all, we flourish in downtime. We just do. Why? Because we are the head, right, and not the tail. So rental income is important. The next one is interest income. Interest income is money uh, that you get as a result of lending your money to someone else to use it. So like a bank, CD, or even like a venture capitalist. So maybe you want to invest in other companies, right? So maybe you don't want to open up a restaurant, but you want to invest in a restaurant, right? There are people here that actually have their own restaurant, um, and you could do that as well. The next one is dividend income. Dividend income is income received from dividends paid to holders of a company's stock. Not all stock pay out a dividend, um, but there are some stocks that do. And some people actually just only live off their dividends, okay? That's the stream. Next one is royalty income. This is money that you receive as a result of selling rights that would allow someone else to use your products. We got an email yesterday of royalty income that hit our bank. Um, one of the easiest ways, and I tell people, is write a book and put it on, self-publish it yourself. Amazon has a free, now y'all, I'm giving a game, hope y'all writing it. But Amazon has a free platform um, that you can actually publish your own book and receive royalties for it. So when it goes on Amazon and people buy it, you get a check. All right? Royalty income. And then the seventh one is capital gains income. This is money that you receive as a result of an increase in value of an asset minus what you purchased it for. So like if you bought a house for $200,000, you sold it for $250,000, that $50,000 is your capital gains. So those are the seven streams of income of millionaires. So key number one is give generously. Key number two is diversify your income. And now we're about to get to key number three. We're going to uh, read Ecclesiastes 11, three through five. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind, or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in his mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. So key number three to unlock godly wealth is trust God and take risks. Trust God and take risks. So when the scripture says that clouds are heavy and the rains come down, that there's some things that's just a given. That's a given. 
That's basically what that scripture is saying. If a tree falls down, wherever it falls, it's a given, it's just gonna lay there. So some things are just out of your control. But a farmer who waits for perfect weather, so if you're trying to time it just right, uh, I, know, I know the Lord has been telling me to do this for two years, but it's now it's just not the right time. You're trying to time it just right. The Bible says that farmers who wait for perfect weather, they never plant. And if they watch every cloud, they never harvest. So they're not gonna reap. So if you don't start, you're not gonna reap. Some of y'all are five years behind. And you would have been reaping all along. Okay? But because you've been trying to wait for that perfect time, newsflash, there's never a perfect time. If you haven't figured that out now, there's never a perfect time, but now, right? So key number three, trust God and take risk. We do not know what tomorrow will bring, but we trust the God who holds our future in his hands, right? We trust the God who holds our future in his hands. God is still in control and he does whatever he wants to do. Psalms 135 and six, the Lord does whatever pleases him throughout all heaven and earth and on the seas and in their depths. But his promise, y'all, to us is, is that he will be with us. So every risk that we've taken in life, don't think that we were just like, oh, we're sure about it. Oh, no, we was trembling. Oh, Lord, do you want us to do Purpose City Church? Like, wait, wait, God, what? Okay, Lord, we're going to trust you and we're going to take the risk. Okay, we're going to trust you and we're going to do it, right? And we see his hand over it. We see his hand over it because he promises that he will be with us. So y'all, I know my husband jokes, and sometimes y'all be telling them, you gotta tell the people that you just joke, and they gonna think that you're serious. When you talk about me, they gonna think you're serious. He's like, you're Jesus's little cousin. I'm not Jesus's little cousin, y'all, okay? Uh, I have my flaws as well, um, but I love the Lord. I do, I do, I love the Lord. Uh, but in sixth grade, let me tell y'all a story. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. And I'm trying to remember if I ever told you this story. I'm sure I have told you this story. Uh, sixth grade, my twin sister and I, we were actually at school. And y'all, my sister came in my classroom and she said, after school, this boy, I'm gonna say his name, Demetrius. So if you hear me, Demetrius, I'll remember, okay? Uh, Ty, Demetrius, he wants to fight us after school. Wait, what? Y'all, I've never been in a fight my entire life. I said, fight me? Like, Taryn, what did you say? What did you say to him? I'm like, he wants to fight us? And back then, y'all, fights was a big deal. Like, people would, like, get around you when you would fight, right? Like, you had to actually schedule the fight, right? It's going to be after school at 4 o'clock. Okay, let me just walk over there. And so my sister and I... It's true. My sister and I, we walking over there like some big did it like, what? It's dumb when you think about it. So y'all, we standing there. My sister's here on, one, on, my, on my other side, my left side. And Demetrius is standing right there. And kids everywhere. And he's talking. And then inside, I'm trembling because I'm like, we about to fight a boy? Like, boys don't hit girls. Like, wait a minute, what? And y'all, all of a sudden, I look over to my left and I see a car go and park. Have y'all met my father? Some of y'all met him. Okay, my daddy, y'all, he loved the Lord. Loved the Lord, but grew up on the west side of Chicago. You don't mess with his family. Okay, somebody must have said the twins 
This boy want to fight the twins. Y'all, it was like the Red Sea parted. Everybody came, and y'all, my dad got a swag. He got a walkabout. He walking. I mean, fast. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he's angry. And he walks up to the boy. You going to fight my twins? And I'm like, get it, dad. Get him. Get him. Like, my father's here now. Okay? My dad said, I don't have to fight because my daddy's going to protect me. And the young man started shaking. Oh, no, Mr. Perry. No. Oh, no. You better not ever think you're going to lay your hands on my girls. Took my sister and I, and we walked up out of there. Y'all, that day, the Lord must have knew that we needed help. He let my father get up early. And so my dad was just picking us up from school. And he's like, why is Ty here not over here? And y'all, that's our heavenly father. He promises that he will be with us. Isaiah 43 and 2, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. That's his promise. He didn't say the flames was not going to be there. He just said, you're not going to be consumed. Right? He didn't say deep waters won't be there. He just said, you're not going to drown. Right? Our father is with us. Trust him and take risks. Trust him and take risks. According to Yahoo Finance, more millionaires are made during tough times, during the recession. You know why? Because they see an opportunity. A, re a recession can present opportunities. Most people are panicking and they selling assets off. But the wise person is going to say, oh, no, I see my opportunity. Take advantage of everything because it'll be on sale, right? Did you not know that during the Great Recession, during 2008, 2009, Warren Buffett profited $10 billion? He said, we simply attempt to be fearful when others are greedy and to be greedy only when others are fearful. Are you in position to profit when the world can't? Are you in position to profit when the world cannot? When the world cannot? Let's get in position. Is debt in the way? Most times debt is in the way. Get out of it. Get out of it. Get out of debt. Save your money. Put money aside for opportunities to take advantage of. Y'all, we live in a consumerism world. We're eating our money away. We're shopping it away. We're saying it's all about me. I, 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 I want the latest thing, Apple. Y'all, my whole house is Apple. I don't even know how to use all the Apple, okay? But some of this stuff, y'all, we got to be saving. You don't hear me saying that you can't buy things. You, I would never tell somebody that. I believe that we should enjoy the fruit of our labor, but it shouldn't be at the cost of building wealth. Why? Because can you imagine if everybody sitting in these seats is profoundly wealthy? Do y'all know what we can do for the kingdom of God together? Imagine that. Imagine it, like imagine it, what we can do for the kingdom of God together. Oh, y'all, we can change the world through his glory, right? When people think of a need, they immediately think of Purpose City Church. Oh, the people over there, oh, they're going to 
They got it because the Lord supplies all their needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. So put money aside for opportunities to take advantage of. Put money aside. All right, so now we're about to get to the last one. All right. Y'all enjoying this? Y'all getting something from it? Okay. Amen. Ecclesiastes 11 and 6, plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. For you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. So key number four to unlocking godly wealth, get to work. Oh, y'all don't like that work word. Get to work. Get to work. The scripture is basically saying, try it all. You don't know which is going to profit. So when, this, when the Bible says plant your seed in the morning, that's working. You're out there planting your seed. But then he also says, but keep busy all afternoon, meaning keep working. For you don't know which one's going to take. They both may work. One may work. But get to work. Despise laziness and slothfulness with everything in you. Y'all, laziness is killing the people of God. A lot of us are really where we are because we are lazy. We are lazy. Proverbs 18 and 9 says, the one who is lazy in his work is brother to a vandal. That means you're just like a thief, a robber, somebody that breaks in place. What? You're just as equal. Proverbs 20 and 4, the lazy man does not plow when the winter, which is the planting season, arrives, so he begs at the next harvest and has nothing to reap. Wait a minute. If you know you didn't plant in the winter, why are you begging when the harvest time comes? That's backwards to me. You didn't put in the work. And so when harvest time comes, you, don't, you can't reap from it. You can't reap from it. Watch your company that you also hang around. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 6 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they receive from us. That means if you hang with a company of lazy people, that's not good. The Bible said uh, right there, stay away from them. Stay away from them because you can't produce anything. It's not fruitful, right? Bad behavior does what? Corrupts good behavior, right? Another version says undisciplined lies. Undisciplined lies. I want you all to pray this prayer. I'm about to let y'all in. It's a one-sentence prayer into my prayer closet. This was a couple of years ago. I was praying to the Lord about a certain area of my life that I was like, God, I just cannot for some reason get this right. Like we all have those, right, in our lives, right? Whether it be you want to eat healthy, uh, maybe you want to uh, apply yourself more in a certain area. And so I'm just praying. I'm like, God, here I am again, oh Lord. I know I have been around this mountain about 20 times, but I'm back here, God. Lord, please give me the discipline to get it right this time. I'm literally begging, Lord, give me the discipline. Give me the discipline. Give me the discipline. And in a small, still voice, you know what he said to my heart? He said, Ty, don't pray for the discipline, pray for the desire. He said, because if you have a desire for a thing, guess what? If you love it, the discipline comes. But if you're praying for the discipline, you won't always love it. I said, oh, wait a minute. Wait, what? Don't pray for the discipline, pray for the desire. Take your desires to the Lord. 
Say, Lord, give me a desire to do this. Give me a desire to be the best that I can at the money that you have entrusted me with. I haven't gotten it right, but give me a desire to love your word. When your word says that we are to owe no man nothing but love, give me a desire to do that. And watch your life change. So now when I approach the Father, I'm asking him for the desire. Lord, give me the heart for it. Give me a love for it. Because I know the discipline will come. Amen. Proverbs 16 and 3. Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to him. And your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. Remember I told y'all about the word of the Lord for our personal lives, which is what? The Holy Spirit. Having the Holy Spirit here. If you respond to his will and guidance, some of your plans going to succeed. Just a little is going to succeed. Come on, scream it out. All. The Bible says all will succeed. That's what his word says. That's a promise to us. It all will succeed. So the four keys to unlocking godly wealth in your life. Give generously. Let's increase our giving, y'all. I was speaking with someone before service started, y'all. I was about to be in tears. This person told me uh, after hearing uh, pastor's first message about how he challenged us to give of our tithe, right, which is the Lord's anyway, bring it back to the storehouse. Um, she said that she saw the Lord move in her life instantly with a family member. And she said, it wasn't when I gave, it's when I made the decision in my heart that I was going to get to it. I said, oh my gosh, that's going to help somebody today. When you make the decision in your heart to do it, the Lord moved immediately on behalf of this family in a powerful way, a powerful way, a powerful way. So give generously, all right? Give generously. Key number two to unlocking is diversify your income. So the income that God has entrusted with you with, and if you notice, the Bible didn't say you had to make a certain dollar amount. I hear people say that, well, I don't make enough. Do what you can with what God has given you. He'll take your little and make it much. He'll take your little and make it much. So you know those seven streams um, of income. And I want to say this when it comes to the business side as well. Y'all, let's patronize kingdom businesses. Can we do that? We have so many of them here in this house. Personally, like, if we all are supporting each other, right, what are we doing? Circulating the money in God's kingdom. My gosh, right? So some of us, Right? Some of us may need to look at what we can offer and change those things, but some of us, we're already ready, but people just don't know that you're here. I had a heart's desire to create some type of directory of gifts that are in this house, but y'all can't do it by myself. I got so much that I do uh, for the church. I really do. Um, and, but somebody approached me and said, hey, I think that we should have like a business directory of some kind so we know everybody that's in the church who does this and that. I said, I think it's a great idea. You want to do it? I give you permission. So y'all be ready. If you come, with me, come to me with an idea, I'm going to put it right back on you. Yes, we need it. Yes. Can you do it for me? Uh, but let's patronize each other. Let's build the kingdom of God together. That's also advancing the kingdom of God. Amen. So key number two to unlock is diversify your income. Key number three is trust God and take a risk. And number four is let's get to work. 
In closing, seek and inquire the Lord in everything that you do. Everything. Y'all, he wants you to come to him. He wants you to involve him. So many of us are stressing ourselves out, trying to figure it out on our own. Now, he has no place in it. He wants to be there. He wants to be the one to actually give you the insight, the clarity, the direction, and the guidance. But you have to invite him in. You have to invite him in. Wealth looks good on you. It does, it does. Thank you for being part of today's episode. To stay connected, please visit us at PurposeCityChurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Your support means the world to us. As you go about your day, remember to make a meaningful difference in the world. Thanks for listening.